The primary purpose of the Matter of a Mind experience is to educate, and it doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or health professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Mad Overmind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Can we believe this is one of my last interviews? Not my last. I have an interview after this, but one of my last interviews of the year. This is getting awesome. I can't believe we're coming up on almost two years as this show is in existence. Oh my gosh. I'm going to vent out on it and talk about it more on the last interview, but Christmas is coming. New Year's is coming. This is a uh, time is flying by. But enough of my enough of me uh, digressing here. Today I have Dr. Mansevira on the show, and she's an expert in chronic illness, autoimmunity, wellness, and health. So you know that all that summarizes right the root causes of our health issues. And I've talked about my asthma. I've talked about my blood pressure. People are probably tired of me talking about how I put my health issues into remission and got off my medications and coming up on four years being off all my medications. And I still love to talk about it because I, you know, I am self-absorbed and I think it's a fantastic story, but you know, that's just because that's who I am. But of course, we're going to have a hack of the episode for you today. And we're going to talk about the underlying causes of autism symptoms. And notice I say the word symptoms, not to say you have autism or you are autistic, but autistic symptoms. So pay attention to that word. And Dr. Mansi is going to break it down for us today. And with that being said, let's welcome my friend to the show. Hey, Mansi, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this show. Thank you for being here. This is going to be a great show. It's going to be a great show. And with that being said, Tell my audience about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a naturopathic doctor. I specialize in chronic illness and also um, brain health, wellness in general, and preventative medicine. So I, I do see a lot of sick patients, um, but I also uh, integrate mind-body health. So I'm a big proponent of mental wellness and taking care of your mind uh, because you know, it, it works both ways, whatever happens in the mind translates physically and whatever is happening physically also translates to mental and emotional health and uh, disturbances in either. I I definitely agree. You know, they, what they call it the mind body connection, I guess you can sum it up like that, yes. right? Mind body connection. Yep. And it goes both ways. I think it's my show confuses people sometimes because it's called the matter over mind experience and they don't understand what it actually means until you actually listen to the show. Because I'm not saying, okay, just, you know, it's all about the body and forget about the mind. That's not what this show is about. It's about making the right incremental changes throughout your life so you can get the results that you're looking for because New Year's is coming up. 
And you're going to hear it. We're all going to hear it. New year, new me. And I'm going to go in the gym and I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And then two weeks later, they're back to doing what they were doing before. My buddies and I joke in the gym because we're like, watch the gym is going to fill up for like all of January. And after that, it's going to start like tinkle down. You know, we can't get any machines and all of a sudden everything is free again. Right. So, yeah. But the reason why I it's the matter of my experience is instead of going in with all that motivation and all or nothing approach, you go in with, you know, let's start to make some small changes. You know, if I if I eat fast food five days a week, let's cut it down to three or two. Or, you know, if I do this, I'm making, and as I start to feel better and, you know, I make small changes, improve my sleep and stuff. You start making those small changes, then your energy starts to get better. Your breathing may get better. Your um your mind may be clearer and you can function. And that's the whole idea behind the matter over mind experience is making incremental changes to improve your health Instead of trying to run in with, I'm going to will my way to good health. That's not how life works, right? So that's why I kind of break that down for the new listeners out there, because I'm sure there's some, right? But with that being said, let's talk about why should we focus on the optimal range instead of normal range when looking at blood work? Because I have a thing about that, right? Because yeah. I I don't consider myself normal. And I do not want to consider myself normal for many reasons, right? But seriously speaking, why should we really look at what's the difference between optimal range and normal range? And why should we focus on that? Yeah, that's a great question. So optimal range is is important. Uh, or Okay, I will give you an example because many patients come to me saying that they don't feel well. They might have been dismissed by their PCP or another doctor, um, because when they do the blood work, they say it's all normal. Um, And the normal range is actually a a number determined by an average of the population at a given time. So that's why over the years, the normal ranges actually have changed. If you look, if you look at thyroid, for example, values or, or whatever it is now, even blood pressure, um, normal ranges have changed over time because you're taking the average of the current population, also taking into fact, uh, into consideration the age, the race, so many, so many factors play a role into these numbers. So that's why just because it's normal, it doesn't mean it's optimal. And it really um, is a key determinant when someone comes to you saying that they don't feel well. And then you look at the blood work and you see that just because it's a normal range, they're not at optimal levels. So um, that's where it's most important, I would say. So what you're telling me then is, as it, let's say on an average where more people have autoimmunity or more people have um, high TSH levels, for example, for example, with the thyroid, yeah. right? So let's say that's the case, then that normal could actually mean sick if you think about it, because if the average of the average of the average of what we're looking at are people who are who actually are sick, even though they may not know it. Exactly. So it can mean one of two things. One, which what you just said, it could, it could actually be an indication of being sick. And two, um, we look at things preventatively. And that's why we stress the optimal range versus normal range. Um, because let's say your TSH is creeping up. I like to see it under 2.5. Now the range, the normal range goes up to 4.5. So if your TSH is at 3.5 and you have some symptoms of 
maybe it's constipation, maybe it's fatigue, maybe it's very uh, periodic symptoms that come and go. So it's hard to tell. That already tells me that you're not functioning optimally. And if we don't do anything right now about it, you're going to develop hypothyroid in the next few years. Ah, wow. See, that's that, that's that's a homer really within itself to fully understand why, you know, because I had Emily, um, Emily Cornelius on the show, I think it was late last year or something. And she's uh, she talks about um, insulin resistance. And one of the things that we mentioned is when you're diagnosed with being diabetic, you were insulin resistant, pre-diabetic and then diabetic. But when you cross the line from the insulin resistant to pre-diabetic to diabetic, that really comes down to what they consider that range actually is. At the end of the day, that I know some doctors don't even look at that. They just look at your insulin levels on what's actually happening in your body and how how it sh- how how they should function, right? So if your insulin levels are constantly spiking, that's a sign that there's an issue which leads to insulin resistance. Another thing is I 100% believe, I have no stats to back this up, and I'm probably going to die on this hill, but I 100% believe it, that everyone who's overweight is insulin resistant, just by understanding how the human body works, because you use insulin to store that excess glycogen. Mm-hmm. It's it's all, it's, that's how the human body works. So I believe that. So even if somebody's overweight and doctors like, well, you don't have to worry about it right now because you're not diabetic yet. Or you may be pre-diabetic, so don't, don't worry about it yet until you become, you, they consider you diabetic and then they put you on, uh, is it metformin, I believe, or something like that, right? So, you know, it's really a shame of we wait until, instead of being preventative, we wait until we are called sick or can be, can be put into a uh, category to then start taking medication when it really could have been prevented by working with the right expert on from the outset. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And, and why wait till you're at that point um, is, is my question. Why do you want to be on medication when you can prevent it in the first place? Yep. And with that being said, let's talk about autoimmunity, because I feel like just about every disease you can think of is connected to the gut and is connected to autoimmunity. And I, in the interview right before this, Coleman and I were saying that when you have one, when you're diagnosed with one autoimmune disorder, you're more than likely to develop a second or a third. And that really comes down to the health of your gut and the immune system not functioning the way it should, right? So explain to my audience, though, what really is autoimmunity? Autoimmunity, in, in a nutshell, is when your body starts attacking its own cells. And that might be for a variety of reasons. Um, it might be because of toxin, you know, overload of toxin. It might be because of poor gut health, like you just said, and not having a, a robust immune system, which we know over 80% to 90% of our immune system lies in our gut. So if that's not functioning well, yes, that that is a huge underlying cause of autoimmunity. Um, but essentially, your, your body has... Um, an immune system in place to be able to ward off invaders, parasites, bacteria, whatever it is. And when the body starts to lose that ability um, of being able to distinguish self cells versus non-self and invaders versus good, healthy cells, that's when the trouble starts. And that's when autoimmunities, quote unquote, 
you know, it, it kind of comes to surface. And if you don't take care of it at that point, it can then become like a slippery, slippery slope, right? I don't know if I say yeah. we're slippery. There we go. A slippery slope. Try to say that five times, but you know, so, but you, you mentioned the thing about toxins, which is interesting because I had um, million Mark on the show, Jen Huash, one of their scientists. And we talked about, you know, they test to see what toxins you're really exposed to, right? Constantly around in your environment. And there's so many little things we don't think of like nonstick pans, right? Um, the, the, the material that's used for that uh, BPA, which Thank God, a lot of products now becoming BPA free, but there are other toxins in a lot of plaques that we don't even think about that is that, um, that, that are toxic to us as well. I was talking to someone about the, the, the stuff that we use to clean our bathrooms, you know, and a lot of times like myself, because I'm a gangster like that, I'll use these really harsh chemicals and I won't even wear gloves. I'm just in there scrubbing away. You know, and, you know, killing my, you know, all this stuff seeping in my bloodstream in, in the, while this is going on hand sanitizers, right? How it impacts our estrogen level, our estrogen levels, right? So, you know, stuff like that. And then doing COVID, what were we doing? Using hand sanitizers all the time, you know, yeah. instead of washing our hands with with uh, with good, clean, so, organic yeah. soap, right? So, exactly. you know, all these yeah. things that we don't think about just right in our environment that really impacts us. And later on, we wonder why we have certain issues. Now, some of it, I guess you say, is not our fault if you don't know. But that's why, of course, I have this wonderful podcast. So you can mm-hmm. learn these things. And I bring these wonderful guests on so you can learn these things. Now, we just talked about if you have one autoimmune, if you're diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, then you're more likely to have others. So what are some common autoimmune diseases or conditions? In the U.S. Um, right now, I would say, well, lupus has been around for many years. Um, it's one of a severe form of autoimmune disease. Um, we also have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. We have rheumatoid arthritis. We have scleroderma. So, the, and the list is increasing every year. I feel like there's more and more rare autoimmune diseases that are diagnosed or are or diseases that are put into that autoimmune category because of how um, they function or what's happening at the molecular level. Wow. So, you know, so it's, it's, it, it really becomes uh, uh, a challenge a lot, but I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to the health of your, your gut and not having gut permeability huh. because like with, with my asthma, for example, that was an autoimmune condition as well. So in uh, skin diseases like eczema that, that I, I struggled with that my sister still struggles with because she doesn't listen to me is, uh, which I, mine has yes. cleared up is also an autoimmune condition as well. Yeah. So, you know, so when I was able to, to take care of the health of my gut, I, I fixed a lot of those issues and put them in remission for legal yeah. reasons. I'm not going to use the word heal because I'm trying not to go yeah. to jail. But I'm going to say that I put it in remission yeah. and I've been on my medications for a long time and a lot of these autoimmune conditions. So, and uh, sometimes, and this is something that Peter would say from Peter, from family guy, like grinds my gears because Peter says, well, not Peter, people will say, well, I don't restrict myself. And I tell people, I say, well, sometimes you have to, when, you, if you're trying to heal a leaky gut, you have to go through a moment of restriction. It's, 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 it's yeah. unavoidable. And it looks like you have a point on that. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to uh, uh, agree with you and say that our culture is such where, you know, there's a pill for every ill and we're told that you'll be fine. It's okay. But it's, it's 
it's not okay anymore um, because more and more people are getting sick, younger and younger people are getting sick. And I just wanted to just confirm what you said that that's true. That's what we need to do. We need to really put uh, an emphasis on whatever it is, restriction, supplements, just a whole new outlook on, on lifestyle and diet and nutrition. Great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. Isn't that what they say? Or maybe this is just dangerous. But uh, yeah, you have to go through that moment where you're focusing on like, if you're fixing your gut, you have to go through, I guess you call it like a reset moment, if that's what you want to call it. But it has to be a time where you focus on eliminating foods that are damaging to your gut and only having foods that are good and supplements that help to heal your gut. Now, once you healed, you can start to put things in, you know, like Coleman mm-hmm. and I were talking about all or nothing mindset, which doesn't work because you're like, right. I talk to people and they're like, is this food good? Is this food bad? Is this good? Or this is bad. I'm like, no, that's yeah. not how it works. First of all, if it's, if it's food made from God, that's one thing. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's food. It's not processed. It's food that's grown organic, natural foods. That's one thing. Right. Um, but the next thing is it's not always about good or bad. It's about what's best for you in your particular moment. There are times I took brown foods out of my diet, times I took beans out of my diet. There are times that I, I went vegetarian for a little while. There are times that I'll go keto for a little while. I cycle ketosis. I go carnivore sometimes based on what my body needs at that particular time, just like our ancestors. Our ancestors didn't always have access to the same foods all year round. It based on their environment. Now, later on, when farming came into place, things kind of changed a little bit and so on and so forth. So it really depends on your lo- your geographic location, all that stuff. But our bodies are designed to handle changes as it needs. So there are times that you, I guess my whole point of saying this is there are times that you need to go into restriction because you, so you can heal your body and then start to replace and add things back in as your body can tolerate it instead of focusing on just the the all or nothing good or bad mindset, right? Absolutely. Now, with that being said, I want to talk about autism because a lot of people still don't know what it is and they may think about autism and they may think about uh, OCD and people say all this other stuff, ADHD, and we have these terms kind of thrown around all the time. But I want to talk about from a doctor, explain to my audience, what is autism? So it is... um... It's a developmental disorder, disability caused by, you know, changes in the brain, um, but it's, it's a spectrum. So like you, you just mentioned a couple of symptoms like ADHD or anxiety, or there's so many different symptoms that can categorize or go along with that diagnosis of autism. But essentially, um, it's, it's a developmental disability where people or kids mostly, that's where you diagnose it. Um, children have, um, impairments in social, verbal communication, um, interactions. They have certain repeated uh, patterns or behaviors. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a spectrum of symptoms that go along with it. So I wasn't planning on asking this question. So you're not prepared to answer this question. So if it doesn't work, you know what I'll do. I just edit it out of the episode anyway. But, <laughs> but uh, I don't know how my audience puts up with me, but seriously though, let's talk about sugars and carbs a little bit, right? Because oftentimes I find that children who are, or who are autistic tend to be very hyperactive and a lot of times crave sugars. Do you have any explanation for us why that would be? 
again, it's linked back to the gut because our gut bacteria, um, a gut, our gut bacteria dictates a lot of our health. And also important to mention here is the gut brain access because whatever's happening in the gut is there's, it's a good indication of what's happening in the brain. And that gut brain connection is primarily, um, you know, that connection is formed by the vagus nerve. So there's, that link that we can't ignore to talk about, but to go back to your question, um, when our gut bacteria is not robust and, you know, it doesn't have all the good strains of bacteria that we need um, to have a robust immune system to clear out bad bacteria or parasites, things like that, um, our gut bacteria can shift. And what do all bacteria or bad quote unquote, bad uh, bacteria feed off of, of is sugar. So it's a craving derived from our gut bacteria, essentially. And it's a cycle, right? Because now you you feed those bacteria, that sugar, that bacteria will cause inflammation in the gut, which then travels up to the brain. And then you have a hyperactive um, kid, now that hyperactivity could be anxiety, it could be nervousness, it could be yelling, screaming, it could be a host of different things, but essentially it's it's that inflammation traveling up to the brain. Uh, so what I'm hearing that even with, with autism or symptoms of autism, we need to we need to focus on healing the gut first. And because that's Absolutely. going to essentially impact the how the brain functions because of the vagus nerve and the gut brain connection. Absolutely. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. And with that being said, of course, I'm going to have a gift for my audience out there today. I'm going to talk to you about the Amino Co. Everybody heard me talk about the Amino Co. I absolutely love this company. I mean, they're fantastic. And what I'm drinking right now, which is Heal, is a 100% science-backed essential amino acid formulation designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function by accelerating muscle repair by helping you maintain a healthy inflammatory response. We're just talking about inflammation, right? And you know, your boy trains seven days a week. So I need to start, I need to stuff in my diet too. See, the EAA profile of Heal was originally developed to help NASA astronauts maintain muscle mass in space and then was refined to help everyday people experiencing like prolonged periods of inactivity. So a lot of times, if they say you're injured or you're on the sidelines, you know, if, if you say you've been injured for a while, you can't train for a little while, heal is great to have that to help you to heal. You see, the amino acid um, are essential for synthesis of proteins, enzymes, hormones, neurotransmitters, metabolic pathways, mental stabilization, and just about every function that takes place within your body. So... And you've, and, and I've talked so much and I've had an article on this about positive net protein synthesis. I think I have a short on it as well. And if you're someone who trains having essential aminos with how the amino co formulates it, they have the essential aminos plus the creatine, the whey protein concentrate is can be great for your body post workout or doing your recovery times as well. You see, there's a recent clinical trial and it compared one scoop and two scoop amounts of heal with high quality whey protein and the net bounds whole protein synthesis and breakdown were measured. And the response to healed was found to be three times larger than just whey protein on a gram to gram basis. 
So, of course, go to aminoco.com, Zico Health. You get 30% off the amino-based products. Heal, which I'm drinking right now, and then Perform, which I drink before and do in my workouts. And, of course, the link will be in the description of the episode as well. The one last thing I'm going to say about Heal, I love all their stuff, but my most, my favorite flavors will be the all-natural flavors because those are the best ones for your gut as well. So, always look at always. For my audience out there, I recommend look for the all-natural flavors because um, those are the ones that I would recommend more than any one to get rid of a lot of the artificial sugars as well. And with that being said, now we're back. So we're going to talk about autism. You talked about the, the your gut already, the gut-brain connection. We could talk about sugars. We talk about bacteria. But what are um, some, if, if there are any, what are some other underlying causes of autism symptoms? Yeah, so um, as naturopathic doctors, we look at the underlying cause, right? So we have to often play the role of a detective. And that might mean that we do a lot of different testing um, and ask a lot of different questions. Some of the things that I look at are, um, in addition to gut, of course, the dysbiosis, the leaky gut, food sensitivities is a big one because food sensitivities, again, can lead to leaky gut because of the inflammation caused by the foods that you might be sensitive to. Um, and that can vary from person to person. But also looking at heavy metal toxicity, um, there's different metals that might have accumulated in the brain. And, you know, a lot of these metals and um, environmental toxins are fat soluble. So they, they do bind to our brain, which is, um, you know, composed of fat tissue as well. So we have to think about that. Um, Mold is another thing that I look at if you have exposure to mold at home, um, or maybe even at the school, um, that can lead to inflammation all over the body, including the gut and the brain. Um, We talked about the additives. um, We actually talked about the sugars, but another another huge thing to look out for is additives and food colorings because those are... um, they cause inflammation in the brain, um, but also inflammation in the gut. So again, a lot of these things are related to gut health. But um, that said, so food colors, additives, and then we also look at parasites, Lyme disease, stealth pathogens, because these quote unquote stealth pathogens, which um, an example is EBV, um, they can travel to various parts of our body and kind of hide out from the immune system. So our immune system doesn't know that it needs to fight this off and it's it's there hiding. Um, and when when we are stressed in some way or we get sick, they sometimes come out and that triggers a lot of inflammation in the body. So inflammation can travel also, right? So just because you have inflammation in the gut, it doesn't mean it can't travel to other places in the body, including the brain. And I know that was a lot. So if you have any questions, you can you can ask. No worries, because what I'm hearing here is chronic inflammation um, and your body's yeah. ability to respond to inflammation. Because something that I'm careful with when I talk to people, and again, it's that mentality of the good or bad kind of thing, right? They're like, oh, inflammation is bad. Well, no, 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 no. Because inflammation is is a, na- is a natural process of the body. That's why even with foods, right? We have omega-3s and we have omega-6, anti-inflammatory versus inflammatory, right? So our body requires that balance. This is a matter if you have too much omega-6 versus omega-3s or too much inflammation versus anti-inflammation. And also your body's ability to respond to inflammation as well. Like when I train, I'm creating inflammation. 
But one reasons why I eat the way I do and I supplement the way I do is to so, so my body can respond and heal well from that inflammation, right? Versus someone who doesn't eat as well, they create that inflammation, your body does respond to it and everything hurts, right? So, so that's <laughs> really what true. I'm here to. And there's so many things that's connected to that. We're talking about sugars, additives, mold, um, what else did we, we do? Um, pathogens. Uh, what else did you have to add to that list? I can't remember anymore. Poor sleep. Um, I think, yes. I mean, and so then you have all of those factors that we didn't actually get into, but yeah. What is the stress level? Is it a very stressful home environment? Um, because that's going to, you know, affect our ability to deal with it. Have you had trauma? Have you been exposed to trauma? Sleep uh, is a huge one because when we sleep is when our microglial cells in our brain do the detoxification, which is the cleaning of the brain, essentially. So if you're not sleeping while that, that cleaning isn't happening. So that can also lead to um, inflammation and all of this, like you said before, is chronic inflammation. So um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors here at play. A lot of factors at play. And you know, I don't usually do this, everyone, but I'm going to give everybody a spoiler alert because my next interview, which will be my last interview of 2022 is going to be with the awesome James Swansick, who makes the Swansick glasses, which I'm wearing right now. So what are we going to talk about? Sleep. We're going to talk about sleep. How? What's the best way to end the year by, by talking about, especially going into next year and we're trying to make all these changes in our lives and New Year's resolution, da, da, da. But you have to learn how to get quality sleep if you want to really take your health back. And we're going to talk about sleep. So I'm so excited for the episode. So here's a spoiler alert. If something happens that the interview doesn't happen, well, you know, I, I guess I just cursed it. But with that being said, uh, we have Dr. Mansi here. So thank you so much for everything that you shared today. It's a fantastic interview. Tell my audience more about your work. How can they know about you? What your, so, you know, you have your socials, whatever you want to give us right now. Yeah, you can find me on, uh, you know, if you Google search me, um, you can go on drmansivira.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram um, at drmansivira. And I would love to hear from you if you have any questions, you know, about about this interview, but or about anything else, you can always DM me. Um, And yeah, I, I would love to hear from you love to hear your feedback as well. Fantastic. I love it. And of course, you know, her contact information will be in the show notes. The show notes are going to be, I didn't write it down this time. So let me think. Let's say zikahealth.com slash Mansi Vera. Nice and simple. Zikahealth.com slash Mansi Vera. And of course, the show notes will be in the description of the episode. So you can click on it, um, read her bio, learn learn more about her work and contact her as needed. And Mansi, thank you so much for being here. Everyone, thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.